0: The just man is a light in darkness to the upright. That refrain that we all just sang together from the Responsorial Psalm from David's Psalms is kind of the central focus for this weekend's selections from Scripture. The just man is a light in darkness to the upright. We didn't realize we are living in a pretty dark time in the world. If you don't realize that we are surrounded by darkness many times in life, maybe we are those that are hiding under those bushel baskets that we hear of in the gospel. But many times we struggle to see light. We struggle to see hope. And So as we reflect then on that responsorial psalm of the fact that the just man will be the light to the upright, we have to ask ourselves the question of, well, are we the upright? I think for most of us, we'd say, well, yeah, I'm a good person. I don't kill, I don't cheat, I don't murder, I don't commit adultery, I'm a good person. In fact, there's a TV show that I talk about decently often that kind of has that same mentality. Came out a few years ago on, I think it was ABC or NBC, The Good Place, and in that show, the first few episodes, you hear the main character saying, well, I'm not good enough for the good place, but I'm not really bad enough for the bad place. Can't there be like a medium place that I can go to? Well, Christ is pretty explicit in that, and he says, Be either hot or cold, be not lukewarm, or I will spew you from my mouth. Pretty vivid description of why there is no medium place. And so, if we struggle then to see the light of the world and goodness and hope in the world, it's a challenge to us to figure out how we can become more. Like the upright, more like those who seek justice, more like those who seek to allow the light of Christ to shine forth in their lives. Because as members of the body of Christ, we are reminded at our baptisms and at the baptisms of all of those who are baptized that the light of Christ is given to us, taken from the Easter candle. And lit and given to our parents and godparents. To remain always lit. That that fire of faith may remain enlivened in our lives. Have you ever been camping and you try and put a campfire out? You have to make sure that you get all of the coals and all of the embers, that there's nothing left to make sure that you have properly smothered the fire so that it doesn't rekindle. Because if there are embers left over in that fire, a fire can come back. So when you're trying to restart a fire from the embers, what do you do? You nurture it. You're intentional about what you do. You bring some small kindling. And then what's the first thing that you do once you've got the kindling over the embers? You blow on it. That oxygen gives life to fire. The same way that the Holy Spirit, the breath of life, offers to bring life to the o- to our own fire of faith. But just as with those embers in the fire at the campfire, we have to nurture them. We have to learn, we have to grow, we have to be intentional, we have to build properly or the fire will go out. So we have opportunities in our lives to stoke those flames of faith. One of them we witnessed here last week with Archbishop Coakley. When over 20 of our young people were inflamed again with the fire of the Holy Spirit through the Sacrament of Confirmation. That gift given to us at our baptisms, confirmed in us and given to us more authoritatively through our full initiation in the church through the sacrament of confirmation, gives us then that opportunity to truly embrace those gifts of life. That light of Christ that is light in the darkness. But if we don't stoke the embers... If we don't fan the flames, sometimes they can seem to go out in our lives. But the Lord continues to give us opportunities. Growing up, I loved going to the beach, not because it was just like awesome, because the beach is awesome, but because I loved going and seeing lighthouses. And for someone that's ADHD, a lighthouse is a distraction for hours. Pretty. Ooh, pretty. Ooh, pretty. It's like a dog chasing their tail. But what it's really doing is saying, look out, pay attention, be instructive, be intentional, pay attention, pay attention. That is what a lighthouse is meant to say. That it is the light, truly, in darkness to those who are seeking some sort of answer. Shore is ahead. Land ho. Or the reason we have all of these towers that are up that have those blinking red lights is for the same thing. Don't fly this low. If you do, caution, look out. You may hit something. Something that you have planned may not go as you have planned if you don't pay attention to those warns, warning signals. But it's the same way in the life of faith. Many times our conscience rings out to us the same way as those flashing lights. Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. We have issues you need to look at. How do we focus? How do we learn? How do we perceive what path the Lord has put us on and how we can get back onto it? If we struggle to find hope in life, where is it that we're looking to find that hope? In whom or in what do we put our faith and our trust? in another point of the Psalms from St. David, King David, he says to us, put not your trust in princes, put not your trust in men, for they will always fail you. Rather, Put your trust in the Lord God, who will never fail and never abandon you. I mean, he gives it to us pretty simply there. And intellectually, many times we know, yeah, all I have to do is pray more. All I have to do is be more intentional in my relationship with God. But ooh, shiny things. Ooh, squirrel. We get distracted in our lives. And we don't focus. And we aren't intentional we don't stoke those embers of faith in our life. Oh, but Father, I show up to Mass on Sunday. Good! But are you focused? Are you intentional during that time? Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. My kids are here with me, and they can be distractions, and I say, yes, they can be. But they can also be an opportunity for you to share the love of God. It's always interesting to me I was talking with um, a couple last night after mass that they 're like, "Father, we stopped bringing our kids to mass when we were younger, when they were younger, because the people behind us would just sit and play with them all through mass. I said, "Well, why are you not bringing your kids to mass? Well, because we got distracted by them playing with our kids. I said, "Well, that sounds like a you issue, not a them issue. <laughs> kids give us hope. kids show us." really the purpose and meaning of life. They bring joy to our hearts. One of my favorite parts of the Sunday Mass, outside, of course, the Eucharist, is the children's collection. Because kids seem eager to want to participate. So much so that they won't even watch where they're going. They will bowl down the person in front of them to make sure they're first, second, or third to put their money in the collection. And then we get older and we do the exact opposite. Father talks about money, we run out the door. (laughs) But they have joy in their hearts to participate. Yes, they can be a distraction, but so too can our minds. That doesn't mean we shouldn't try to participate. And so how has the Lord called us today to participate? That if we can't see the light in the darkness of the world, how is he calling us to be that light in the darkness for the world? The just man, or woman, is a light in darkness to the upright. That even Christ Jesus wasn't able to reach everyone, because not everyone was upright in his time. In fact, Many times we tell ourselves that if I was alive when Christ was there, I would have known better. It's kind of prideful by us. Because each and every one of his apostles and disciples, his closest friends, every one of them abandoned him. But he allowed each and every one of them, as he does for us, the opportunity to reconcile relationship. To repent and to go and sin no more you have heard this phrase a lot: "The light of the world." As kids, we learned that cheesy song, "This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine." But do we? And when do we stop? Why do we stop allowing the light of Christ to shine forth in our lives? Oh, but Father, you don't understand. The government would allow us to bring. God into the schools. My job would not allow me to talk about God. How can I be the light of Christ? Well, they will know you're Christians by your love, not by what you say. We all know the saying that actions speak louder than words, and to preach always, and when necessary, use words. We hear these over and over again, but we don't realize that that's God offering us an opportunity, calling us to stop making excuses and to truly embrace and live out and be faithful. That calling of holiness. But Father, I don't have the gifts. I don't have the ability. I don't have the skills to which I say see how that worked for moses remember when he was called by god in the burning bush to go to pharaoh and say let my people go what did he say to the lord lord i'm not a good speaker lord i don't have these gifts lord i can't do this there there bless your heart i'll give you someone that can be your mouthpiece So God talks to Moses. Moses talks to his brother Aaron. Aaron then is the mouthpiece for God and for Moses. Oh, but Father, nobody in my life would help me out. Have you asked? Yes, I have. What does Christ tell us about persistence? If they don't help you because of their love for you, they will help you to shut you up. Sometimes when we truly need assistance, persistence is where we are called to go. But many times it's difficult because things aren't going how we want them to go. In fact, last night I was walking around and preaching. I got about three seconds into my homily and the microphone goes out. It's like, well, that wasn't my plan. And immediately... One of our parishioners goes up, changes out the microphones, brings it back, and I've got a microphone as soon as Mass is, as soon as the homily is done, already ready to pick up with the next part of Mass. God provides. But he provides through the people of God. You. God has called each and every one of you to be that light in darkness. Even though you may feel unworthy, even though you may not know where he's calling you to react and respond and to be, he is calling each and every one of you to be his hands and his feet, to be the light in darkness. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Allow the Lord to speak to you today. Hide not that faith that may only be embers at this moment from yourself, let alone from others. Because it's a gift given to you by God. And as such, is meant to be utilized for God. But it's up to you. It's up to each and every one of us individually how we will embrace or how we will shy away from the light of Christ. Will we reflect his love as a mirror in the, of faith in the world? Or will we instead shut our eyes to it, turn our backs on it, seek to smother and snuff it out in our lives and in the lives of those around us? That's what sin seeks to do. To make it so that you can't see the light of Christ. And if you can't see the light of Christ, it's really impossible to be the light of Christ. So my brothers and sisters, don't allow that light of Christ, which was given to your family and given to you from the church and from God at your baptism, to ever be snuffed out to ever be made into embers, but instead allow that light of Christ to remain in your hearts, to grow. Be intentional. Call upon the Lord and see how he wants you to be used, how he wants you to give, how he wants you to live. That should be our prayer every morning, and our promise every evening to do better the next day. But it's up to each and every one of us individually. What decision will you make today?